Is everybody excited today in the house of the Lord? Okay, what? Just the right side, everybody. Is everybody excited? Like, the worship in song was great. The worship in prayer was amazing. And hopefully the worship in the message is going to be just as great too. And worship in fellowship and worship out these doors. Because worship is surrendering to God. So I got to be real with you all today in this message. No, I know. I'm, I'm so thankful that worship in song was great. And worship in prayer was just like off the charts. Because I had trouble with today's message. I know. It was, I know it's a message, but I'm just going to cut that in half, and it was a mess. Like, like it was, <laughs> I'm praying to God, I'm like, God, what does message really mean? Like, and I'm, I was so like, last night, I was just like, hey, just, if you get to know me, I'm sometimes weird sometimes, so I wasn't even looking at the word message, I was just coming up to my own conclusions. I'm like, okay, mess, it's a mess, it's chaos, it's dirty. Age, what's age? Oh, you know, then I was thinking about wine and cheese, that it gets better with age. So I'm like, well, my message is not going to get better, it's just going to be a complete mess. And I'm like, okay, I need to go work out, I need to go pray, I need to go meditate, and I need to just relax and allow God to age and ferment this message. And, and I'm telling you something, something changed from worship and something changed from prayer and something changed from seeing all you people. It's still, in my mind though, it's a mess. I was telling people, you ready for the word? I'm like, I don't know, man, it's going to be a mess. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, here's what happened. It was Jen's birthday Friday. It's her birthday week. So say happy birthday for a whole week if you want to text her for the whole week. Yeah, yay me. I got to deal with that every day till, till next Friday. So, <laughs> and I'm so grateful and so blessed. Highly favored. Amen. So, so, so she gets up at 8 o'clock in the morning to go over breakfast with a friend. And I'm like, okay, I got to get up too. It's a nice day. And I got to work on this message. I already worked on it all week. Like I was praying on it, working on it. It was already typed out. And I'm like, I just want to, God, I just want to like put out all the papers. And I want to just pray and see, God, where do you want me to place everything? Where do you want me to put it? How do you want me to say it? And so I get up around uh, 839 and I go downstairs and I'm just putting all my papers, like I just lay it all out. I'm, okay, God, what's going to be first? What's going to be second? Because during the week I just pray and God just brings me uh, um, chapters and verses and Bible verses and thoughts on what I want to say. And, and then talking with the pastors, we talk about the, our messages and, and just what's all transpiring in my mind and my soul. And, and I'm working and then Jen gets home and she, gets, she goes back out for breakfast with her family. She comes back home around 10.30 and I'm still working on the message. No, no, I'm sorry. She comes back home around 4 o'clock. She's like, how's the message going? I'm like, I'm still on the first page. Uh, it's a mess. I, I, she's like, what? I'm like, I don't know. This is not like me. I was, and do you know when I finish somebody? You got you to gotta feel me here. Two o'clock in the morning. I know what you're thinking. And you still look that good? I know. But no. <laughs> I'm just playing with you all. I feel exhausted right now. I got the Spirit of God giving me strength, moving me forward to speak this mess. And uh, that's what I'm going to speak today. So if you could just encourage me today, give some shout outs, give some praises, not to me, not to me, but to the God that we serve. Because as the worship band sang, he is worthy of it all. For real, he is worthy of it all. And we have a purpose. And I think sometimes when I work on messages, 
The enemy likes to attack exactly what I'm focusing on. And the enemy was somewhat attacking me on, do I really have a purpose in this life? Is this message really going to serve its purpose? And that's kind of what we're talking about today. To have this confidence as we pray. To have this confidence in knowing and understanding that God is taking us higher. But do we want to go there today? Do we understand that we have a purpose, that God has called us, and we have a purpose into our calling? Today's title, brothers and sisters, is titled, For Such a Time. Now, if you're a Bible nerd like I am, which is cool, it's okay, if you're crazy in love with Jesus, and if you don't know, you know that this references to the book of Esther. So this is where we're going to go, into the book of Esther. So if you're taking notes, be prepared to be in the book of Esther. But as for right now, right now, we are going into the book of Romans 8, verse 28. So we'll get to Esther in just a little bit. But right now, if you're taking those fine Romans 8 to 28, it's going to be on the screen. It's the NIV version. Are you guys ready? Yes. Whew, let's do this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, in the King James Version, it says also God works together for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. God works together. This means he is co-laboring. Pastor Brian Travell said this today. He is co-laboring with us. He is with us. He is guiding us. We are doing this together. We are not alone. When I was working on the message last night, I was not alone, and I had to remember that. I have a purpose. I have the Spirit of God who works with me, who is co-laboring with me, who is guiding me, leading me, filling me, infusing me to move forward with a purpose. And this is the God who we serve. It's for the good for those who love him. If you called on the name of the Lord, somebody, if you surrendered and you call and worship God with all of your heart and you realize that he is the king, that he is the savior, he works together for the good of you. Woo, this is something, brothers and sisters, that we need to really be excited. What? Who have been called according to his purpose. This purpose is predetermination, that he has set forth this long ago, that he knew who you're going to be. He called you. He, he, he knew you before you were even born, that he had a purpose for you. And we have a purpose. So how can we walk around saying, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know if I have purpose in life. Listen, if you are a Christian, this is what New Testament believers call themselves a Christian, we now can say that we have purpose because God is working together with us for our good who has called us according to his purpose, what he has planned for us. And what is his purpose for us, brothers and sisters? His purpose for us is that we are redeemed. We are set free. We are forgiven. We are set apart. We are righteous and holy. We are a masterpiece of workmanship. And most importantly, we have a future glory. Woo! Come on, somebody. I need to get excited here for just this one quick minute. If nobody, you know what? If you're not excited right now, I'm just going to go upstairs to the kids and explain to them that they have a future glory and they have purpose. What I'm trying to say, somebody, is I don't care how young you are and how old you are. You have purpose and there's meaning in your life. 
So this is where we need to rise up. This is where we need to understand whatever's going on in this world. We still have a purpose and meaning. Can somebody just give a shout to Jesus for two seconds? Woo! This word purpose, you know what else it means? It means showbread. I was like, that's weird when you look it up in the Greek, showbread. Like, where does that just come in, showbread? What showbread was, brothers and sisters, I-9 Church, is the showbread was where the priest would bring this bread in the tabernacle, in the temple, and change it every week on the Sabbath. So on the, on the Sabbath, they would take the bread, they get to eat it, replace it with new bread. This word means to reveal, to declare. What is bread? Life. To reveal, to declare life. We have purpose. Jesus, he came, brothers and sisters, for all. To declare and reveal that he is a life giver. To reveal and declare that he brings and gives life. So if there's somebody online today or somebody in here today who has not given their heart to Jesus or you've just walked away, Jesus came and stretched out his arms and died to reveal and declare that he is the Messiah, the King, the Chosen, the Anointed One to die for our sins so that we can walk with the life of Jesus. And that is for anybody, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord. For those who love him, you have a future glory. So I cannot leave here as a pastor, and just cry out to those who have not called on Jesus. None of us here as Christians, as brothers and sisters, can walk away not revealing and declaring who Jesus is to reveal that he gives life to those who are lost. And for us Christians, I hope that this message serves its purpose, that you are here for such a time as this. We really are. And I want us to walk in purpose to what we are called to do. See, because here's the thing. Jesus, our King, our Messiah, was God. Flesh and God fully. This was who he was. This was his position. But his purpose was not his position. His purpose was what? to die for us. His purpose was what? So that we can have life. His purpose was what? So that we can have a relationship with him. His purpose is with us so that we can have a future glory. I like to put it this way. Purpose came in the form and action of Jesus. Woo! Jesus had purpose. He's given us purpose. We have meaning in this life somebody that's something to be excited about I know all you Maple Leafs fans feel like you have no purpose anymore <laughs> I'm sorry that's bad workman Dave workman shaking his head that's not my fault pastor Brian texted me and said hey why don't you tell a little joke about the Leafs I'm like okay I'll try and so workman take it up with pastor Brian <laughs> Now, I didn't check if the Oilers won, so I should probably keep quiet. So, but, but we all have purpose and meaning. Let's continue that verse before we get into the book of Esther. 
Romans 8, 31, and then I want to go to 35. So 31 and 35. Romans 8, 31 and 35. So we went to Romans 28, if you're taking notes. Now we're going, skipping down a few to 31 and 35. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Come on. Are you serious? What can we say if God is for us? Who can ever be against us? These are wonderful things. Can anything, anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. Does that mean he no longer loves us? Of course he still loves us. Does that mean he's no longer with us when we're in trials or tribulation or hungry or destitute? Of course he is with us. What I'm trying to say somebody, and Pastor Brian Treville, you said it best, when somebody was accusing you, you still had purpose and meaning. Nothing can stop the purpose of God in your life. Because we still have meaning. Whatever's coming against you. If you got fired, guess what? I still have purpose. And you cannot take the purpose of what God has called me to do away from me. You got a divorce. Guess what? You still can't take away the purpose that God has for you in your life. Because you still have meaning. Come on, somebody. I just don't want to be up here being a husband. I'm called to be a husband, but what's my purpose as a husband? Is my purpose to be a husband? Good luck with that, honey. Hey, honey, we just got married. What's your purpose? I'm just your husband. Lucky you. Look at me, husband. That's all you got. Where's the weight? Where's the action? <laughs> you catching what I'm throwing at you today, brothers and sisters? <laughs> purpose came in the form of Jesus and Jesus walked with action we are church brothers and sisters to be of action to rise up in our faith because we have meaning and as a Christian my purpose is not to just to be a Christian as we like to call them the New Testament believers but my purpose is to reveal Christ as I'm called to be a Christian to reveal Jesus within us because he reveals, he declares as we reveal and declare who gives and brings life. Mm. Come on, somebody. This is some stuff that, that I've been working hard on, that I'm questioning. Have I been walking with purpose or have I been focusing too much on my position, my calling? Have I been focusing on what I don't have? And now I feel like because I don't have, do I really have purpose? Oh, the enemy can play some tricks on us. Just because we don't have, just because we don't get, does not mean you do not have purpose. We have meaning, brothers and sisters. Before I get into Esther, I just got to say one more thing about, it's in Acts 26, 16. And this is what I, I just, it's just a cool little verse. This is when Saul, before he changed his name to Paul, he was riding his horse on the road to Damascus, and, and the Lord intervenes, and he stops him. And Paul says to him, O oh Lord, who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, the one you are driving away, the one you are shaming, the one you are walking away from. 
And this is what Jesus says. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to anoint you as my servant and witness. King James Version says this. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. Paul had a purpose, and God set this purpose within him to get up and declare to the world who Jesus is. What I'm trying to say, somebody, is let's get up on our feet. And I don't want to start persecuting God any longer. I don't want to drive away from God. I want to go to God, as Pastor Brian said. I want God to take me to higher places. So it's time that we get on our feet, brothers and sisters. And as Christians, I don't want us walking away from God because when we allow the enemy to speak into our lives, when we put our purpose as our position or our calling or what we don't have, we're really persecuting and driving away Christ from our purpose. And for those of you who have not called on the name of the Lord, you're really persecuting and driving away Christ from your future glory from what Christ has for you, for what Christ is willing to give you, to share with you so that you can walk with true purpose and meaning. Because I don't want to walk in life and be successful with everything. whip de doo and suddenly everything goes great. Suddenly I get a promotion. Suddenly I get a big raise. Suddenly my wife is like, let's go on vacation and spend weeks and weeks in the hotel room. Great. <laughs> The suddenlies, because I've been working so hard, loving my wife, vacuuming and cleaning and dusting. You get the point, married couples, if you've been married for 20-some years. So, 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 and then suddenly, things begin to go, wow, this is amazing. But what's the point if not for Jesus? I want my suddenlies to be with Jesus, beside me, with me, for me, worthy of it all, Jesus. Woo, come on, somebody. Let's give him some praise here. So time is going fast here, so we got to get into the book of Esther because I promised you all that's what we're going to dive into today. So the book of Esther, it's a great book to read. If you haven't read it, read it. It's not that long. It actually could probably take you like five, ten minutes to read, but it's so impactful and so powerful. So what I'm going to do today is I'm gonna pick a couple verses from the book of Esther, and I just kinda of wanna show you where Esther was at, where Mordecai was at, these are some characters that we're gonna talk about, and Haman was at, in their life, in their calling, in their purpose, in their meaning in life. All right, so in the book of Esther, it's really about the book of deliverance. The Jews were gonna get persecuted, wiped out. All, wherever King Xerxes he was a king of Persia. Wherever Persia ruled and reigned, there was a moment in time where the Jews of all those areas were going to get wiped out. And God came and delivered them through people like us, through human beings. It was a time where the Jewish nation, now they were set free. They all got to go back home to Jerusalem. The 70 years captivity has ended. The temple actually has been built. And now right around this time in the middle, King Xerxes is married to a queen named Queen Vashti. Now the, 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 the walls weren't built yet. So if you're thinking about the walls being built with Nehemiah, that hasn't happened yet. So, so here's King Xerxes and his wife, Queen Vashti. She gives him a quick, quick little story here. She gives him a little bit of attitude. Pastor Sherry, be careful with Brian today, all right? Don't give him a little attitude today, all right? 
No, Brian, I'm just kidding. You're in a great mood today. You're always in a great mood. All right, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. I better stop. All right, so, so she gave him a little bit of attitude. So with his temper and with his way of doing things and his advisors, he got rid of Queen Vashti. Now, after a while, he needed a queen. He wanted a queen. So he, he went all around the areas of where he ruled, and a bunch of women came forward, and he picked this lady, this woman named Esther. Now, Esther became queen. Now, let's read right in to Esther 2.10. Esther had a cousin named Mordecai, who Mordecai raised Esther, and he adopted her because her parents had died. So Esther 2.10, it starts with this. Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai, her cousin, had directed her not to do so. All right. Remind me, because I don't want to spend too much time on this verse, but remind me, if I don't say it, please somebody shout out or yell out to me, hey, you forgot to explain that a little bit in the message, because I have it somewhere in my messages. I'm not really going to read the verse back, but I want to explain and really talk about it with a little bit of more passion and excitement about her not telling anybody about her nationality, her family background, because Mordecai directed her to. Because here's the thing. She was Jewish, so that means her God was the God of what? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She served the God that we serve. In a New Testament time for us believers, it is through Jesus that we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is the God that she's serving. And guess what? She's keeping her quiet. She's not saying anything. She's not going to say that she's as, as we would say, a Christian. She's not going to say that she serves God, that she's a child of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, so let's pause there with Esther, and let's move on to another character named Haman. Now, Haman was second, pretty much second in command to King Xerxes. And Haman was a pride and prideful and arrogant man. And when he got into this position, he wanted people to bow down to him. Now, in those times, when people got into those positions, they always felt like that they were actually a god. In fact, a lot of times, they would feel like they were descendants of gods. So he felt like he was a god, and everybody needed to bow down to him because look at me, look at my position, look at who I am. So everybody would bow down to Haman. And this is what it says in Esther 3, verse 5 to 6. I'm going to read from the NLT version. When Haman saw that Mordecai, Esther's cousin, would not bow down or show him respect, he was filled with rage. He had learned of Mordecai's nationality. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He learned that he served the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so he decided that it was not enough just to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Oh no, no, not just you, Mordecai. We're going to take out your whole race. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire of Xerxes, of King Xerxes. So this is what Haman wanted to do. Haman could not stand the Jewish people. Now, here's a little backstory about Haman and his nationality. Haman was from the, the tribe of the Amalekites. Now, about 570 years prior, King Saul was to wipe out all the Amalekites. God said, listen, you are to wipe out all the Amalekites. For us New Testament believers, God is revealing to King Saul, wipe out sin. Take it all out out get rid of it all 
So for part of Mordecai's understanding is like, I'm not going to bow down to someone who is a descendant of an Amalekite. For God wanted to wipe you all out. What he was saying for us is, we do not bow down to sin. We do not bow down or give it any ounce of authority in our life. Another reason that he wanted to get rid of, get rid of him is because, because he understood that, that the Jews were trying to wipe out the Amalekites, so now he wants to wipe out the Jewish nation. And this is what he was trying to do, trying to, to get Mordecai to bow down to him. And it goes on and it says this, he sent dispatches were sent by swift messengers into all the province of the, of the empire, giving the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered, and annihilated on a single day. This was scheduled to happen on March 7th of the next year. The property of the Jews would be given to those who killed them. The enemy, see, this is, this, here's the thing. Young and old, you have purpose and you have meaning. The enemy wants to take anybody, everybody out who's a child of God. He does not care about the age because why? You all have purpose. If you think you're too old, I'm telling you something, you have purpose and meaning. If you think you're too young, I'm telling you something, you have purpose and meaning. I'm telling you, if you think that because you do not have, I'm telling you, you have purpose and meaning. And the enemy is trying to take you out. So I look to Haman and I look at this with Haman. Man, is he a person of the past. 570 years ago this happened and you want to get revenge still wow talk about holding on to bitterness and jealousy what i'm trying to say come on somebody is if you want to walk with purpose in your calling we gotta let some things go oh boy do we gotta let it go we gotta walk in forgiveness we gotta let things go or else we're just going to walk in a position without purpose. You see, Haman allowed his position to distort his purpose. And if we allow our position, our calling, that I'm a Christian or whatever job you have or a husband or a wife or a father, that I'm this, it's going to distort your purpose. Because you have a purpose that God has decided long ago for you. A future glory. So now let us walk in the purpose according to God. And reveal and declare life to all. 570 years. How long has it been since you cannot forgive? How long has it been since you're still holding on to that bitterness? That anger? That jealousy? How long? Because the more you keep holding on to it, the more you're standing and not walking into your purpose. Oh, you'll have life evermore and a future glory. But are you walking in purpose for Christ? Mordecai says this in Esther 4.13 when he hears that the dispatchers went all over the place and says, the Jews will die by next year. Mordecai sent a reply to Esther, listen, don't think for a moment that because you're in the, uh, the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps 
You were made queen for such a time like this. I like to call Mordecai the man in the present, the man in the moment. Of Haman was a man in the past. I'm not saying that we can't remember the good things of our past and carry it on. Mordecai is the man of the present. In this moment, in this time, right here, I-9 Church, you are here in this moment for such a time like this. And come on, somebody, if we as a church don't rise up and walk in our purpose, who knows if this church can exist? Who knows if the children can get fed? Who knows if, if, if the tithes and the offerings can help finance what we want to do out there in the world if we don't walk with purpose? And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. God will just rise up a bunch of other people. It may not be in this church, but nonetheless, you cannot stop the purpose of God. It would just suck if we had to shut down the doors at I-9 Church, somebody. Because come on, somebody, we need to be excited. We are a family. We are Christians on a mission. We have meaning. We have purpose. And we will continue. I don't know what that calling is on your life. But if calling it, God is giving you a passion and a desire, go to this calling, to this position. And guess what? That calling, that position could be just for a season. And then God could take you out of that calling and position to another part of your season. But nonetheless, have purpose in your position. Come on, are you catching what I'm throwing at you today? I have to have purpose as me, as a husband, as a pastor, as a father, as a friend. I have purpose in each and every one of my calling and position. Because if I don't allow God to speak in me, to give life, to bring life, then all I am is just standing there and saying, this is my position, good luck with that. No, I have a purpose and I have meaning. So do you. So do you, brothers and sisters. Come on. I love what, what, what James 2.14 says. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? What good is it? This word faith, when you look it up, it's, it's, what good is it if you say you have reliance upon Christ for your salvation? So you're a Christian. What good is it if you say you have that? That's great. Future glory is yours. Good for us. That's awesome. But what good is it? But, but you don't show up by your action. Can that kind of faith save anyone? This word save is not salvation and having them to have a future glory. This, when he's saying, can this kind of faith, this reliance upon God for your salvation, save anyone? What this word save means is can it help? Can it heal? Can it protect? Can it feed? Because if you just say, hey, I'm a Christian, and then it goes on to say, hey, your brother's in eating. Say, well, be good. God bless. Take care. It's not really going to help him, is it? So us as Christians, what good is it? If I say that I'm a Christian, but I'm not walking with purpose in action, well, what good is it? Come on, somebody. This, I know this is not to condemn us. This is challenging me. This is pushing me outside my comfort zone. And I'm not saying that we are action in everything we do, but what you're called, where you are placed, wherever you are right now for such a time like this. Right now, you don't have to be king, you don't have to be a queen, but right now for such a time like this, God is calling you to deliver and be a person of purpose. Woo! Yeah. Esther then says this, 
Esther then says this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, see, she, even though she's queen, she can't just go up to the king and say, hey, yo, king, take care of this for me. She, against the law, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. Oh, Esther's my hero. Uh, Mordecai was a man of the present Esther is the woman of the future. We got past, present, and future. And this is what she says. If I must die, I must die. Are you kidding me? What mighty words is that? So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. If I must die, I must die. Listen, the world is complete opposite. That we're all like Ivan Drago and Rocky Ford. If he dies, he dies. She is saying, if I die, I must die. This is a beautiful representation of Jesus Christ, somebody. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die for a purpose. She's bringing meaning. She's, she is here to deliver and set free the Jews all by the glory and power of God to reveal life, to declare life to God's chosen people. So yeah, if I must die, I will die because no matter what is going on, no matter through hardships and trials, does God not still love you? Is God not still for you? Yes, of course he is. Woohoo! This is the God that we serve. Now, here's the kicker. Remind, remember how I want to explain to you a little bit how she didn't tell anybody that she was of Jewish descent? This is awesome. When you read the book of Esther, not once does it say God in the book of Esther. Not once does it say God. You know who the main character is? God. Do you know how we know? By the actions of Mordecai and Esther. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. I would rather be somebody who, who is a man of action, who's a man of faith and reliance on God and what he's done for us, but be a people of person in my calling with action than just saying, I serve God. To God be the glory. Come on, somebody. You catch what I'm saying to you today. Let us be people. This is what the, the book of Esther is teaching us. Listen, it's okay to say that we serve God. But what I really want you to focus, if you want some suddenlies of God to happen in our life, some promotions to happen, some things like, how did that happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. I started from over here when I was doing this, and I grew, and I matured, and I was teachable, and I was learning, and I was moving forward, and I didn't give up. I had the confidence in Christ. I kept pressing on. I kept persevering. And all of a sudden, boom, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. Pastor, Pastor Karen Travell said confidence. Do you think Esther had confidence in herself? Oh, she was beautiful. She could have walked up to the king and said, Ooh, look at me, somebody. I know you're going to just bow down to my every whim. No, she put her confidence in God and God alone. That's all we got to do. We put our faith in Jesus. Now I got to close this up. And I had a couple more verse three, so I'm going to get here. I'm going to just keep on going. So, so, but I'm going to finish up on time. I got to do this. So, so Haman, now let's go back to Haman. Haman now, he was all excited that he's got this set up. And here's a beautiful thing, somebody. As they were in the process of working out their purpose for Christ in their calling, the enemy, the next chapter over in verse chapter 5, is coming with ways and desires and plans to kill them. You catch what I'm saying? So as you're walking in your purpose, make no mistake, the enemy is coming up with tactics and ways to take you out. Right. 
So what does Haman do? He talks to his family and he's so mad and he wants to get rid of Mordecai. And they're like, hey man, build a 75 foot pole and let's impale him. That would be awesome. He's like, yeah, I love it. So, so, so Esther now is going to have a meeting with the queen, uh, the king. And, and now they're having this meeting. Mordecai's already set up this pole. And I feel sometimes, brothers and sisters, I set up my own poles for myself to impel me on just by my thoughts, by what people say, by what is going on. And I gotta, you got to remember something. While you're walking in your purpose, the enemy is always going to try to make you step or land or get speared by the pole that he's placing before you. So as, as the queen is talking to him, it comes about where, where Haman now has to honor Mordecai. So now Mordecai is upset and he goes to his family. He's like, man, this happened. I got to prance Mordecai all around the street and I got to honor him. And are people going to cheer him? This Jewish man who I just can't wait to get rid of. And this is what they said to him. Ooh, Haman. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> Bad joke. Haman. <laughs> hey, man. Okay. Haman, listen. <laughs> listen. He's of Jewish descent? Do you not know that he's the man of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I think you need to back off. See, the enemy knows whose we are, but he's too stupid to think that he can take out the enemy. Maybe those weren't some choice words today. But he thinks that he could actually stop us and take us out when no matter what happens, we still have purpose and meaning. Esther reveals herself to the king. I'm of Jewish descent also. And I serve the God of Abraham, Jake, Abraham Isaac, and Jacob. And Xerxes is mad. And what happens? The same pole that Haman had for his enemy was the same pole that he died on. I want to close this up right here. As the enemy set a cross for Jesus, a pole for Jesus to die on, Jesus is up there and he's saying, nah, nah, this ain't going to stop me. Nah, come on. Nah, 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 hey, goodbye. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, goodbye. What I'm trying to say, somebody, is they tried to take Jesus out, but Jesus said, what you intended for me for harm, I will use it for good, somebody. Woo, this is the God that we serve that gives us purpose, that gives us meaning. Come on, somebody, can you give God a shout of victory that, yeah, we have a future glory. Yeah, we are redeemed and set free, but we have purpose and meaning, and we will declare and reveal that we have life in and through us. Did you catch something today, brothers and sisters? Woo! Thank you, Lord God, for this day. We give you all the honor, all the glory, Lord God, that everyone here today has purpose, that we have meaning. So I pray for that confidence, that passion, that excitement, that desire back within us. That even if we don't have or whatever we have, Lord God, that we're not going to put our purpose in our positions or accolades or what we have or achieve, Lord God. But we just walk with the purpose of you for we are Christians and we serve Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. 
the one who died and is for us and not against us. In your name, Lord, we worship you for you worthy is the praise. Amen. Hey, God bless you all. Let's all see you here next week. everybody to after nine <laughs> married couple edition <laughs> family edition yeah because papa's coming because papa's coming on but for now i'm nathan this is my wife angie and we're excited that you guys are tuning in mm-hmm. after an amazing message about being born for such a time as this it's given by pastor michael Iacobelli, and he sang songs So if you haven't watched it, if you're watching this on a Wednesday on YouTube, click the link, go watch the sermon, come back here, and then things will start to make a little bit more sense. Um, Let's let's grade his singing. Um, Out of like... I'll let you grade it. No, I'm going to throw you on the spot here. Okay, sure, sure. Tone death being the bottom. And, uh, ooh, who do I want to throw at the top? Queen Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Or Queen Riri. (laughs) Maybe like a, like out of oh, ten. Oh, you were going to say three. Three. I was going to say three. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> as long as he doesn't watch this after, that's okay. Uh, we'll see. Comfortable with saying We'll find out what happens. But I want to find out what happens when we invite our guest, Pastor Luke. Papa, come on in, brother. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. We're blessed. That's good. This is a good morning. Yes. Word of God is alive. It's mighty. It's powerful. So, for such a time as this, what'd you think? Any initial thoughts? I've got lots to say. I live this. Mm. When we are called, he says, come and follow me. Yep. He says, I will open up the doors, and all you have to do is walk through them. But you know what I found in my own life? That is true. We have purpose. But the enemy always shows up and tries to lie and stop you. With his attacks, with his lies. Mm-hmm. We, every decision I ever had to make to walk and follow Jesus, I had to overcome fear. Fear always shows up. But if you recognize it, you don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I promised God at a very young age, you lead and I'll follow. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, after I don't know, 35 years, 40 years, he's never disappointed me. It's amazing. We all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. Yep. And, um, you know, we aren't, we aren't the only spiritual beings that have a purpose, right? You brought up the enemy. What's the enemy's purpose? To steal kill and destroy that's our lives, it. right? And, um, you know, it's it's good not to be ignorant of that, that there's an actual battle going on for your life, for your purpose, for your calling, for your destiny. And like you said, to combat that is an important thing. But knowing the purpose, knowing the glory that's been set before us, the battle becomes a little bit easier. <laughs> knowing that we have Almighty God in our corner, you know? That's it. Mm-hmm. But the process... Mm-hmm. of him leading and guiding us, I could have never phantomed in a thousand years that one day I'd be a pastor. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. 
So that's why we take it a day at a time. Mm -hmm. And so you lead and I'll follow. Yeah. And I'm telling you, his grace is always there. And to overcome all disappointments. Now, what are some other things that obviously knowing our purpose and knowing what um, God's calling us towards and what he's given us, but what are some other things that have encouraged you to stay out of that mindset of fear? That God's faithful. Every step of faith that I ever taken to follow him, he's never let me down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you get that assurance mm -hmm. and knowing God is who he says he is mm -hmm. and he's created us in his image like this and we are who he says we are, mm -hmm. that's what gives us the faith, the power, the faith to pick up our cross and to follow him. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think another, like just going off of your question, another thing is having that community, right? Yeah. Our, our community oh, here as a church, and Pastor Michael said it, and I'll quote it. He said, it would absolutely suck if this church closed down because we weren't walking out our purpose. Because God's purpose isn't going to be stopped, he said. He said, if we're not going to do our job of what that's, God's calling us to do, he'll find other people to sure do it. He will. And that's, <laughs> I think that's like, a fear of God thing, having that healthy relationship and that healthy fear of God, knowing that you want to be walking with him because you want to walk in his purpose and, and walk out your purpose that he set for you. He said it. We're born for such a time as this. So we were talking in the pre-show. It's not a coincidence that I'm here in the year 2022. That's right. Just living my life in a mundane way. There's a purpose. There's a that plan. was ordained. It's ordained. Accidents don't happen with God. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. And you know that what really helped me in the past to pick up my cross and to follow him? He's always given me the grace and the desire. I, my greatest fear as I grew up as a young Christian, I can't, I can't do this. Mm. Confidence. Confidence. I can't do it. But you know, he brought someone into my life mm -hmm. that believed in me, that spoke into my life, mm -hmm. that encouraged me. And sometimes when I drop the ball and really blow it, he just picked me up and he put me in the same situation, maybe a month on the road, mm -hmm. so that I could build that confidence right. and mm -hmm. that courage. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Knowing that God's on your side, I've learned through the years, who can be against you? That's good. That's really good. And as we grow older, at one point, not so long ago, I lost sight of my purpose because I kind of... I kind of... <laughs> uh, kind of retired. And I'm always, I've always learned there's no retirement in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. But if they don't want me there, what am I going to do? So I said, there's got to be something for God for me to do. But I sure didn't foresee I-9 in the picture. Mm -hmm. So that, that built my faith. Mm -hmm. You know, God's, I might not see his plan mm -hmm. complete, yep. but I know in it. I've got a purpose in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and you've got a purpose and bring this baby into the world. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and you, I love how you put that because, and I love having like you and Pastor Dave and Pastor Howie and Pastor Rick because you guys not only talk the talk, but you've walked the walk. And when young people have a hard time, you know, seeing God's plan or purpose, like, I don't know if he's going to be faithful. I haven't experienced it yet. But hearing the story from you guys and your walks, and you guys can say with all conviction, with all 100% of your hearts, that God has been faithful every step of the way. And that's why it's so important to live generationally. And I know we can talk about this for hours and hours, days mm -hmm. and days. Um, but Angie has knows how much time we have left. So any questions before we're going to close We've got four here? minutes. we so. got four minutes. Okay. Do you have anything for uh, Papa? Yeah. Um, I just really, I'm really encouraged by what you're saying because it's a process. And like you said, God will bring moments back around so that he can build our faith. Yeah. And um, one thing that um, past, was it Pastor Karen? Karen was talking about um, that verse that um, there's no fear in God and that we can know that when we're praying, when we're in God's presence, there's no fear and it's not allowed there. So taking that authority too, I think, is super important in our lives and for it our is. confidence, right? God has not us. given us a spirit of fear, yeah. but of power and love and a sound so, mind. Right. I got a sound mind. I know it's going to take faith to take this next step. Yeah. But you know, I left probably the best job at Ford Motor Company because he was calling me to follow him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're hard decisions in the natural. Right. But if you know him, you know how much he loves you. Mm -hmm. I know what he did for me at Calvary's Cross. Right. It was easy for me to let it go. Mm -hmm. I says, I'm going to follow him. I don't care if it's the last thing I do. Mm -hmm. And boy, he's been faithful. Thank God you did. <laughs> and I look at you, as young as you are, I am so thrilled in my heart mm -hmm. because you understand your purpose. Your purpose doesn't mean what am I going to do next week. Right, exactly. But your purpose is to pick up your cross and follow him. Exactly. That's right, yeah. 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 I know I've shared this before, but that dream that I had of just the walking forward and then there's like this big pit and you can't get past it and you say to it, this is impossible. But then the blood of Jesus comes in, right? What he did for us. And that allows us to walk. If we never lose sight of that. Yeah. That's why we can say he is who he says he is. Yeah. He will do what he says he will do. Mm -hmm. yeah. You and gotta not pause, but you gotta play, right? Yeah, Come no on. Pause, just play. No pausing. We're playing. <laughs> Amen. That's Amen. awesome. And uh, before we close out here, I just wanted to encourage those who might feel a lack of purpose or like they've dropped the ball so many times. I just want to encourage you guys that. King David, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, and he dropped the ball many times. But yeah. what's a righteous man do when he falls? He gets back up and he keeps marching because God's always going to have your back, your Amen. front, and all your sides. Mm -hmm. Any closing remarks before we say goodbye to the good people? Remember this. Jesus loves you and so do we at I-9 Church. Easy peasy. I'm Nathan. This is Angie. Angie. This is little Rosie. That's Pastor Luke, and we'll see you guys next time on After 9.